So Jesus, we've been studying, has been in the desert. He's been tempted by the devil. Now, that's all over now in Luke chapter 4. He's gone home now. He's starting his preaching ministry. He's about 30 years old, and he's instantly kind of pretty popular. You know, it's a small town. They got a rabbi. His teaching's really exciting. People whisper when he goes down the street. He's kind of an up-and-comer. People are like, hey, keep your eye on that Jesus. Uh, jo- you know, uh, Joseph's kid, he's, he's, he's going to be something. So, so one Friday night, he goes to synagogue, and it's time to read from the scroll of Isaiah. And they take the scroll of Isaiah, and they give it to him. And they're like, would you like to, would you like to do the reading today? Would you like to do the guest teaching today? And he says, Okay. And so he unrolls the Isaiah scroll, and what he reads is recorded in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Uh, Let's stand together for the reading of God's word. Here is what Jesus read to them at the very beginning of his ministry when they handed him a scroll as a guest reader. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll and handed it back to the attendant and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Have a seat, have a seat. They're like, oh, he picked a good one. (laughs) He picked that prophecy about the coming Messiah. What's he going to say about that? They're wondering, is he going to give like signs that you can tell the Messiah is coming? Is he going to describe the victory of the Messiah over the enemies of Israel? Ooh, what's he going to say? I've heard this guy's a good teacher. What's he going to say? They're all ears. And what he says is recorded in verse 21. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. All the mouths drop open. He picked that verse about the Messiah who's going to set the captives free and make the blind see and set the prisoners free from and the oppressors from their oppressors. And then he basically said, I am Iron Man. (laughs) The Messiah has come. The year of God's favor. You'll be able to say, I was there. I was there in a dusty little backwater synagogue when the Savior of mankind announced it starts today. A new chapter in human history. These guys will be able to say, I was there when he read the first time. And all they have to do now is keep their eye on everything he's about to do and keep their ears tuned to everything he's about to say. And they'll be there as the greatest hope of Israel begins to unfold. They'll be able to say, I was there from the beginning. And that is how it's turned out. Good news for the poor. Let me tell you back in their day what they thought. That the rich are rich because God is rewarding them. And the poor are poor because God is punishing them. And people don't move from one to the other. Well, now because of Jesus, we know that's not true. There's all kinds of reasons people are rich. Some deserved, some undeserved. There's all kinds of reasons people are poor. Some deserved, some undeserved. It just isn't like that. It's not about God's favor or God's punishment. There are rich people and there are poor people. And God made them all. It already had said in Proverbs. And now we know God blesses and works through all. 
Freedom for the prisoners, the Messiah was supposed to bring. That's literal and spiritual. Because let me tell you, in their day, they could throw you in prison for literally anything. Did you know that in, G- in the Roman times, in the Roman Empire in Jesus' day, you could be thrown in prison for trying to sue someone who was richer than you? So if someone richer than you stole something from you or injured you or, or slighted you and you, you sued them, they didn't have to prove they didn't do it. All they had to do was prove they had more money than you and then you went to prison for daring to sue someone above your social station. We don't do that anymore. We don't do that anymore because Jesus Christ has altered the world. Now, we were working with a refugee family a few years ago and one of them got a speeding ticket and he panicked. And we asked, why are you panicking? He said, because I will go to prison and I will never see my family again. He came from a part of the world where Jesus hasn't been the dominant voice for 1,400 years. And we had to explain, well, in this country, you don't go to prison for one speeding ticket. And even if you did, you don't never see your family again. Jesus has set the prisoners free. And then, of course, there's the spiritual dimension of that. Myself, many of you have at a time in our life been held prisoner by our addictions, been held prisoner by our sorry way of understanding family, our sorry way of understanding work, our sorry way of understanding our own mind and heart, our anxiety, our depression, these things have held us prisoner. And many of us are able to say because of something that we got from Jesus, we have been set free. Recovery of sight to the blind the Messiah was supposed to bring according to that verse. Now, I've never known someone who was blind and was made to see, but I have known folks who were in late stage of cancer who were healed. I have known folks who had um, terminal heart defects that from one appointment to the other were healed. I have known folks who were told they would never walk who were walking. I've seen healing. That's what some of you have come looking for. And in the spiritual dimension also, some of you feel the disease growing in your marriage, the disease growing and killing your relationship with your family, with your spouse, with your children. You feel the disease growing in career for you, in our society. You, you, you feel it, and you've come wondering, does God have the power to heal this sickness? from my life, or from all of our lives, from my family's life. And he does. The oppressed go free. Of course, here comes all the isms. You know, in Jesus' day, women had no real rights to speak of. Children had absolutely no rights. And of course, they warred with one another uh, constantly over all the tribalisms. Now, because of Jesus, the world is different. Those things still go on and they still make us angry, but there's one clue. They make us angry now. Now, if you want to do those types of things, you at least have to justify it. You at least have to lie about it. You at least have to try to hide it. You can't just say, well, I'm a white guy, so I just kind of treat people how they got coming. You know, you can't say that anymore. Um, Jesus has changed the world. And someday all will be free. All will be completely free because of him. And it's already begun. God has come to set us free in our own time. Now let me tell you the truth about encounters with God and being able to say you were there when God appeared. For most people, not all, but for most people, 
that first encounter with God is not something that occurs in church. Um, not a small number of people is true, but for most people, that first time you, you hear the voice of God, maybe with your ears, that's a rare story, usually in your mind, in your heart, and you think, that is a voice from outside. That is not the words I would have used. That's not the thoughts I would have had. That's not any wisdom I ever learned anywhere. And it came to me, I think, from God. For most people, that doesn't happen during the worship music. That thing that God teaches you that sets you free, you know, that sets your mind and your heart free for what everything that comes after your life, for most people, that doesn't come to you in a, in a sermon. For most people, that encounter with God, that you were there moment, happens when you're laying in bed. You're taking a shower. You're driving down the road. You were trying to avoid cleaning the house. You were on a hike. You were sitting in a classroom. You were crossing the campus. It just was there. And folks come to church after that happens to find out, one, am I crazy? Did that really happen? Does this really happen to people? And two, what do I do with that? You come to church to find out, what do I do with that? I mean, you sense you have this little ember of this moment, like something miraculous happened to me. Do I just let that go by? It becomes some story from the past. You're like, hmm, eh, kind of a weird thing happened once. I had a friend once that I was hanging out with a lot when I was in seminary. And he told me he was an atheist. He told me he was an atheist. And then one day he belts out and says, God spoke to me once. I said, oh, he did? He goes, yes. I, what did he say? And he told me what God told him. And it was like something about the trajectory of his life, what he should do next. And I said, you can't just ignore that. And with a big dumb smile on his face, he said, sure I can. I think most of us know like that would be dangerous to have an encounter with God and just with a big dumb smile on your face, just let it go by. So we don't want to do that. We want to come and find out do, are you supposed, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to fan that into flame? Is that supposed to carry on in your life? So we come to hear these stories about other people who were there and heard from Jesus. What did they do next? What happened next? Because I can tell you, it's probably not over. A lot of people don't just have one encounter with God. So what will the next one be? How do you live from one to the next? So this is, why a lot of you have come to church. So let's, let's do the do, 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 the do, hmm, let's speak English. Um, <laughs> you Pentecostals thought something cool was getting ready to happen. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so, and maybe it was. All right. Um, but here we go. The first question, am I crazy? So in a moment, I'm just going to ask for a show of hands. Um, you know, who has heard that voice of God? Maybe it was with your ears. What a story that is. But most often it's in your mind, in your heart. It comes from the outside. It changes the way you think. Who's heard the voice of God? We're going to ask, you know, who's been healed? Who was healed? 
We'll ask who was rescued. You know, you were in a bad spot, you're in a dangerous place, and then something happened and plucked you out of it. Any of that counts. All right, here we go. Show of hands. Who has had at some time in your life an encounter with God? See, lots of people. So you're not crazy. Okay, we got that out of the way. Now, what do you do with that? What do you do with that? Well, as I said, there's more to come. There's often more to come. Show of hands, how many people have had more than one encounter with God? Mm. You're in the right place. You're in the right place. And all you have to do is now keep your eyes fixed on this God and pay attention to everything he's going to be doing next. And keep your ears open and hear everything he has said and everything he's going to be saying. And you'll be able to say, I had an experience with God. I was there when this whole journey started. These Lenten fasts we're doing for 40 days, where you're, you're focusing, you know, you're, you've taken something out of your life in order to create an interruption so that you can focus on this God. That's a good idea. To declare yourself one who is seeking God. That's a good idea. To rely on God to say, there's a lot of things you can learn and do and try and excel at, but the stuff that comes from God, it is priceless. I rely on that. That's a, that's a good thing to do. Even if you're only hitting this Lenten fast two or three days a week, that's two or three well-spent days. Keep at it. Keep at it. That is the right thing to do. And you'll be able to say, I was there when God broke in and started a whole new thing. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you give us uh, your word that lets us know that you have come. You give us the church that we can come and say, you've done it a lot for a lot of people. Um, pray now, Lord, we can open ourselves up to you, keep our eyes and ears fixed on you, and go where this journey takes us next into what you have for us. You made us, and you know why. And you can share it with us. We're ready to receive it in Jesus' name.